very, very old friend of mine, Johnny Gus. It's Jonathan Royal, who is acknowledged, well, he's acknowledged as the, the world's greatest hypnotist, hypnotherapist, and all that sort of thing. I mean, I know many of you were uh, very interested in that field, as am I, but um, this is the top man. So, Jonathan, welcome to the show, mate. Thank you for that. Um introduction i wouldn't i I just set off at the start i i would never claim to be the world's greatest hypnotist there is no better hypnotist than a newborn baby who without the power of speech can look up at the parents and just with their eyes melt the emotions and hearts of the parents or get what they want when they want it Ah, oh, bless you so mate, bless you. All right then, world famous hypnotist then. then we'll, we'll Thank you, like, yeah. We'll put it like <laughs> that. And of course, um, we have a, a mutual, great uh, mutual interest in the uh, the field, as um, both as a very young man, uh, training with uh, the late Gordon May, Delavore. And, Indeed, uh, yeah. And May later on in years, being very, very honoured to... Uh, to be awarded your diplomas and certificates so uh, i'm going to say that i did study with the the two very very best and uh, you know yeah uh, what can you say he was a- now that's a different matter when it comes to delavar i would say that uh, he, he was without a doubt um one of the most honest and direct and effective uh, hypnosis trainers and therapist and stage hypnotist that lived yeah, I'd probably agree with that. But um, you went and bad yourself in your career, Mama, and uh, and not, not just because I'm a friend. I mean, that's a fact, really. Of course, as well, people a lot forget as well that Gordon, the way that we got really interested, Gordon was uh, a medium as well. You know, he worked as a medium. His family not, were, yeah, as well for yeah, several generations. Absolutely. And there was a certain young man who I know who one time was called by... Uh, one of the leading spiritualist newspapers is the UK's top uh, up-and-coming young medium. Uh, I don't know if I agreed with that at the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tell me that story. That's an interesting one for the people who like Marshall. Right. Well, you know, but I hope this doesn't upset too many viewers. Um, Cheap whelmed. The, 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 the thing is, I, I was born on a circus, um, long story cut short, and I started off performing at the age of three as Flap the Clown with my dad on the circus. And as the years rolled by, I'm trying to fit in a load of time into next to no time here, I got interested in magic, conjuring, sort of yeah, Paul Daniels, yeah, sure, rabbit sure. out the hat magic. And one of the magic companies that existed was called Magic Books by Post, and some of the books they sold were on a subject called called reading which right. essentially is how to look as low you know somebody's past present and future like like a psychic would appear to do but using psychology and statistics and common sense and body language and, and those kind of skills yes and i read up on them and then i saw um and if he's listening, this is not me saying that um, he's a fraud or he's real. It's, it's neither way. It's neither way. I mean, it, I, what I will say is this gentleman was incredibly impressive. Um, <laughs> I saw a, a, a clairvoyant in a, a civic hall in Greater Manchester called yeah. Stephen O'Brien. And I remember was like, Stephen very well, yeah. Wow. Um, hang on a minute. Some bits of that, yeah, could have been explained by... These psychological techniques that were in these books, but 
Some bits of it were just a bit too um, a bit too accurate and a bit too um, detailed and revealing and confirmed as such by audience members that it left two conclusions. Well, three. Either A, it was incredibly lucky with that stuff, or, or B, there may have been use, use of stooges or ways of finding such detailed information out in advance, or C, that there was actually something unexplained yes occurring and i always like to look kind of search for solutions to mysteries so i started dabbling um in fortune telling at psychic fairs but using the psychological techniques as far as i was consciously concerned anyway well, you believed you was. You believed you. At the time, so I'm gonna, yeah. I'm going to stop you there for one sure. second because I'm going to say that this guy is a family friend. I'm going to say that now, you know. But I've been telling him for years. <clears throat> I've got no doubt that he does have real mediumistic abilities. And I know for a fact, because you've told me before, that at one time you were so surprised by what you were delivering and what you saw at the side of you on stage yeah. As you left the stage. Well, that's true. Um, <laughs> and I st- some may argue that what I'm about to say is me to trying to justify to myself um, to not have to face up to the fact that maybe something properly spiritualistic was occurring to me. But, yeah, there was a time when I ended up doing Northwest Civic Halls and mini theatres and psychic news and dubbed me the new year regaler and Doris Stokes rolled into one back in 1990. 1990 I, I, remember, I remember that in psychic news because I, of course, I, not in my time, but I was a feature writer for many years for, uh, yeah. for psychic news, you know, so I remember reading that. Yeah, very interesting. Well, as you say, there was one, one occasion where I was making things up off the top of my head. That was my conscious um belief at the time yeah. uh, as i'm stood on the stage i'm just making things up that come off the top of my head uh using the psychological tactics and ploys that i'd mentioned but then suddenly found myself saying the first thing that came into my head uh, as i normally did except these were illogical things things that didn't fit with body language cues or um with things that may stereotypically apply to people of certain ages and geographic location and whatnot. And I, I, I just found myself saying them. Um, and I'm thinking, oh, you know, they're going to go, that's completely wrong. I mean, the psychological ways of dealing with that as well, if they had. But they didn't. And this went on for the rest, probably the next 30 minutes or so, the final 30 minutes of the um, second hour of after the interval before I was due to finish and sort of in the last five minutes things would just get it just got progressively more bizarre the stuff I was saying but being told it was correct and then I just felt that I acted genuinely rather than act as well I'm looking at somebody at the side of me um which obviously I did to make it look like what people's perception of what was supposed to be going on was going on but I felt as though um, my grandfather, who died um, a few months earlier, was kind of there. Now, grief is a funny thing. That could quite simply have been sure. um, a psychological manifestation of grief. 
with lots of people experience. But yes, it is true. Some would say that that could also have actually been a spiritualistic um, experience. In any event, it, it shook me up so much that that was the last time I ever stuck up, st- stepped foot on a stage. And um, You're a very, very rest. honest man. I've always found you to be like that, Jonathan. I have, but I will say this to I will just say as well, to my knowledge, to the best of my understanding, Stephen Albright was a... And he's a, a very good medium, I have to just say that for myself. And uh, He was definitely, definitely very good. There's no question of that. Um, yes. I, I, I have no conclusion in any direction of you how did was put it good. You did put it exactly like that. And I'm, I'm just adding, you know, yeah. obviously, I, I, suppose, I suppose I am the same as you were um, recognised in mediumship as one of the better ones in the world, I would hope. But I will say this to you, thank you, thank you, Jonathan. But I will say this to you, my friend. You have trained literally thousands of people to do hypnotism and hypnotherapy over the years, Lord. But remember, I have trained thousands of people to develop their mediumistic side, yeah. and many have exactly the same view as you. And then they suddenly realize they don't move away from it like you did. They suddenly did realize, gosh. This is real. This is coming from, you know, an higher level, from a, an higher energy source. Not everyone, but a good many. I'm, obviously, I'm not going to say who, but I could certainly rail off half a dozen mediums that I've trained who came to me and said exactly the same thing as you. And I said, well, if you really, and you know me, I'm an honest guy. I said, if you yeah. really believe that, then I wouldn't go on with your work. But carry on and see how it goes. And they've come back to me in later life and said, Philip, I'm so glad that you said to us what you did. Because, you know, I am doing the work for real. I'm not trying to, you know, the cold readings or to fake it or anything. And, you know, but it, I think it's very easy because a lot of people are under pressure, aren't they? When they first go up on that stage or at a church rostrum or whatever, the pressure is there to deliver because... All, all the eyes, on, eyes are on you. You you know that as a star hypnotist. And you're under pressure yeah. to deliver, you know. But let's move on to your um, your career as a hypnotist. Because you've been, you've been going for years now, haven't you? But, <laughs> I no, I, I, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> I know, I know. As, as one of the more long-standing stage performers, let, let me rephrase that. <laughs> I ain't going to edit it, I'll leave it like that. No, <laughs> but let me edit it, you're all right. No, yeah. I mean, the thing is, I did start remarkably young. Um, there's, there's, uh, you know, the stage stage hypnosis side of things I was doing from the age of 15, and Gosh, hypnotherapy I was doing from the age of 14. So I'm now, thir- I'm not, I'm, why was I going to say I was 30-something? I'm not, I'm 45 as we speak. <laughs> Now you've, now you've given it away yourself. I keep telling people I'm 27 and I'm I'm struggling a bit as the air's going and that, you know, but uh, <laughs> in our business, you've got to re- remain fairly young, especially for, uh, because it will come back. I mean, I'll go on to that, but so many people are, uh, are down in the dumps at the moment, aren't they, with these wretched lockdowns? And... Well, yeah, I mean, fortunately, there does appear, fingers crossed, um, Touchwood and all the other super superstitious um, sayings combined that, that may finally be light at the end of the tunnel towards mm. getting back to normal. Um, yes. 
and let, let, let's let's hope that because it's affected people in so many ways, not least of which has been and only recently talked about really in the media, um, and that's the mental health impact it's had on people. Yes, and especially a lot of performers as well. Uh, I have a lot of friends who, you know, some mediums get. I don't, nothing upsets me these days. Uh, you call me what you want, you know that as long as you don't swear. Uh, but, uh, you know, so many mediums get upset when, you know, they're sort of classed as being in the entertainment business. But of course we are. If you go up on the stage and people come in and then sit in the theatre and listen to you to do, and you're, in, you're in the entertainment business, whether you like it or not, mm. you know. You've probably got some singer on who's on the week after or the Bay City Rollers or something. You're, in, you're working in the entertainment business. But it, I think when you're born like we, we both were into, you know, sort of uh, entertainment type families. Our both my mum and dad were, were very fine mediums. But I think when you can't be doing that work, I mean, I'm semi-retired, as you know, for several years now. But I don't think entertain. You can never properly retire, uh, Jonathan. Oh, no, it's in your blood, isn't it? It's in your blood, mate. And when you can't do it, it's when you miss it the most. Mm. It really is. But anyway, I was asking you about uh, who was your first mentor then? Would it be Gordon the same as myself? Or? Um, it wasn't actually. Gordon right. came into the picture in 1990 uh, right. when I was 15. And he, he was my main mentor stage hypnosis-wise, although he did also help me massively hypnotherapy-wise once yes. he came into my life. But what got me started actually treating clients professionally, as in actually having an office and charging clients, uh, even though I was only 14, was uh, a gentleman who's again no longer with us, sadly, who was called Brian Howard, um, who ran a thing called the Association of Professional Hypnotherapists and um, Psychotherapists, which I now run. Um, yes. I, I kind of took it over, but he he was my first hypnosis um, trainer that really really got me started, and then Dale came into the picture about a year later. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Well, I, the reason I asked you that as a young lad, I was always fascinated by you know two things that fascinated me: all of the work of Harry Houdini, all the mediums, mm -hmm. I suppose. And uh, and you know the, what the hypnotism that you used to see, uh, I suppose you know on the travelling fairs uh, or the very very early days of television. Of course, people think that it sounded in, in recent times with uh, with uh, Dar whoops, Darren Brown that um, you know we've seen sort of mentalism and hypnosis type things um, in the public eye. Um, you know, on in the media, but I mean that's not true. It's uh, been um i mean it probably goes back to the biblical examples isn't there of hypnotism and all that sort of work you know it's it's well, always yeah it depends slightly ooh, slightly controversial ground but some would argue certainly delavar would and he does in his books which are appropriately based on what you just said called the hypnotist bibles yes and in there he goes into detail about how you know suggestion hypnosis call it what you will played a massive part in um achieving what are uh, explained as um 
miracles. Well, I suppose, as you say, you've got to be terribly careful. Yeah, I've, you know, I've still got that little book, that little blue book of Delivore somewhere, you know, strangely enough, <clears throat> that you should mention that. And uh, it was a it was a, a, a good book, that. Um, I mean, I would thoroughly recommend any of the listeners who are going to go through this interview that... Uh, and then if you want to learn about hypnotism and hypnotherapy and of course I suppose the big thing with a lot of people these days is the past lives uh, this is your man Jonathan Royal he can train you in any of those things and we'll come back to that but what I would like to ask you then mm-hmm. I don't know whether you can speak of this but did you find that you could how could I put this sort of I mean, I might be referencing myself a little bit more with this, to be quite honest, but I will put the question to you. I always found that I could do that sort of thing even when I was a kid, before I got the books, you know, and and, and took this interest up, uh, probably not part of my mediumship, but as another interest. I always found that I could sort of naturally do it, you know, Jonathan. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. I mean, I... And when I am, I never word... used it inappropriate. Let, let me add, add that. But I, if you've read my autobiography, you better say you had. If you've read my autobiography, um, you'll remember a case where, uh, you know, I mean, I, was, I wasn't all the... What was this angelic person that people are kind enough to think of me? I remember having a a scrap with the kid, he was the toughest kid really in the school, and I sort of looked in his eyes, and I'm sure I sort of, uh, maybe it was psychology, I don't know, but I beat the living out of him, you know, and really I, I should have got beat that day, now I know that's a very childish example, but does that well, make no, sense? It's not, well, it more than makes sense, because bizarrely there was a similar situation, but I'd read a book, um, I'm not, uh, I'd read a, I'd read a book when I was very young by accident. Well, not by accident. I picked it up because, long story cut short, I got bullied for kind of being the odd one out. Yes. Uh, when we went to a normal school, because I was in the media and stuff as a circus clown, and I wanted that to stop, as anyone would. And I saw a book called um, "How to Win Friends and Influence People" by Dale Carnegie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the title, I thought, well, if you if it's going to tell you how to win friends and influence them, then that will stop the bullying. Well, it, it, it doesn't. What's in that book's all well and good for adults to use, but for kids, it, it's really it's all different <laughs> different ball game, as I quickly discovered. However, on the bookshelf when I took it back to the library, uh, in the same area where that was in the popular psychology and self help section. There was a book by um, a French guy no longer with us called Emile Couet. He's famous for the phrase, day by day, in every way, I'm getting yes. better and better. Yes. And he was the forerunner of positive affirmations. Yes. Um, you, so you could argue he was like one of the originators of what these days gets termed as the law of attraction. Um Anyway, in his book, he talked about a thing called the law of reversed effort and the word try. The fact that the word try, if you say it in a sentence like, you know, you see stage hypnotists get people put their hands together and they'll say various suggestions and they'll say, try to separate your hands. Well, the word try is suggesting the possibility of not being able to open the hands. So the mind can grasp hold of that idea and that can become a reality for the person. Well, in the same way, I thought, you know what? 
nothing to lose. If I'm going to get hit by the school bully again today, it doesn't matter. I may as well try it. Well, that day, the school bully pins me against the wall, like normally did, and started his verbal onslaught, because that was his usual routine, verbal onslaught. His little gang members would have a laugh, and then he'd beat me. And they'd walk off together laughing. Well, when he started his verbal onslaught, I just suddenly said, what are, you, what are you messing about for? Stop wasting time. Just hit me now. Go on, try. Go on, do it. Try it. Try. Try and hit me now. <laughs> and I kept saying it because that's kind of how I understood it from the book. Now, yes. could have been, it could have been because of the result of what they call in NLP, a pattern interrupt. It was um, not what that person expected to occur. Yes, yes, so it yes. shocked him. That could be why it happened. But nonetheless... Ultimately, a dazed, confused school bully suddenly let go of me, um, told me to shut the bleep up and um, told his gang members to follow him. And as he was walking off, he turned and went, stay away from me, you bleeping idiot. Never came near me after that. You psyched him, hadn't you, to go in there for You psyched him. Very similar to what you just said, yeah. Yes, of course, yeah. That's very interesting what we had very similar experiences with that. Um, I don't know whether you could answer my next question. You're always are you always very open and um, I do like that. I really do. It's something that's I suppose developed our friendship over the years. You can imagine that like you and I have come across uh, well awful lot of fake people and i don't have a lot of time for fake people unless they're fake people who openly say they're fakes and i ain't well, got no problem matter, yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah. different matter isn't it but over the years you must have been one of the forerunners you know it's become so popular these past lives i mean i've done it myself i'll admit you know but all this past life stuff and you know Whereas, oh, I mean, I don't know, maybe start hypnotism is still banging, I don't know. But these people who are doing this, uh, they sort of present themselves as hypnotherapists, um, you know, we, we, it's only a, a sort of an ailing gift. I mean, I always say, well, what have you got against start hypnotists? At least you go and see them and see that they can do what they claim to do. You know, go and have your past lives or your, your healing with them. I'm going to get in trouble for saying that, but I've, I have said it. So, you know, I'm not going to well, take it. There's good and bad in every, there in every industry and in every area, isn't there? Um, but what is your take on past lives then? You must have my done that take, times. Well, I, I, I used to do it a hell of a lot more years ago in the psychic news era. And, after, and even after I stopped doing the apparent clairvoyant demonstrations because I scared myself... Mm. I still did past life shows because it was hypnosis and the person's having the experience. Um, It's not really down to me other than helping them enter the hypnotic state and take the mind to the right place. So I was still doing um, past life regression shows. And in fact, people can see I'd actually worked with some great psychic artists during that time. One of the weird things we did, I'd have a psychic artist at the side of the stage with um a projector over the area where they were drawing and, uh, and doing the pictures. So it'd beam yeah. it on a screen at the side of the Yes, yeah, so I know. Yeah. And I'd be regressing people and getting them to 
um, describe where they were, what was going on, what century they were in or whatever, how they were dressed. And as the videos show, if people go on my website, magicalguru.com and go on the psychic shows page, um, the there's past life regression videos there of the, of the yeah, stage shows right. I've done. Right. And the psychic artist has drawn people before the person I'm talking to has described themselves. And when the person I'm talking to, I get them to go to a stream and apparently look in the stream to see a reflection of themselves. Mm. Or if there's a time where mirrors existed, go and find a mirror looking that. When they describe themselves, it is uncanny how accurately the description they give themselves in that past life looked practically identical to what the psychic artist had drawn before they'd even said it. That's a very interesting film because my daughter used to do psychic art and I'll tell you a little story and you know I've been doing this work long enough the same as you as I don't need, need to build myself up or my daughter any anymore and anyway she's packed in she doesn't do the work but this is a true story that I'm going to tell you Jonathan it really is she was working as a psychic artist a bit similar like that where the, the lady or the guy was with you and I used to do the reading and she'd do a quick sketch yeah. And I gave a message to this, I always remember it, to this Asian gentleman. And she did the drawing, and uh, he came up to collect his drawing, you know, the way it works. And he looked at it, he says, your father, I'm not doing Indian accent, your father gave me a very wonderful message, but I can't recognise this. She'd done a drawing, like a Sikh-type guy, on an old British motorcycle, and, uh, and she put the registration number in it. No. Honest, honest, honestly, she put the regist- registration number in uh, on the bike thing, you know. And the next year, I suppose about two weeks later, he come to another show and she wasn't with me and he wanted to see her. And he got the photo and there was this man on the British motorcycle with the registration number correct. As God is my judge, that is wow. the, a true, true story, Jonathan, you know. And uh, I don't, I don't know how to explain that really, except that the red LinkedIn and had got a vision of his father, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's things that undeniably, whatever anyone believes to be true, the, the the fact is there are things that are as yet unexplained, as, as simple as that. When it comes to past life regression, I always start any demonstration. And I say to the people, look, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not here to tell you that this is real. I'm not here to tell you it's fake. I'm not here to tell you that it's just your imagination running wild. Because equally, it could be any of those things. All of those things are a combination. But also, it could be, as some researchers suggested, genetic cell memory. That you're actually accessing memories of ancestors that genuinely did occur but it wasn't you, it, but you pick up on those memories in this state. It could be that. It, I'm open to, to any any answers to anything. <coughs> Pardon me, yeah, Jonathan. I'm open to um, to anything, but this is what I always like. I mean, I've interviewed you a few times over the years, and, and I've quite openly said, um, I, I don't give you an easy interview just because you're a family friend, or, you know, I give you challenging things as I would anyone. I have to play devil's advocate when I'm working as a as yeah. a broadcaster. But what I always like about you is you're very honest and straight. 
Now, we've all, I'm not going to knock the work in any way, but we've all, all seen the work that, uh, that, that Darren Brown and his, um, it, what was, Andy uh, Nyman did. Well, it's Darren very, Brown very, and his advisor, Andy Nyman. Andy uh, Nyman, yeah. And, I mean, uh, both of them over the years are pretty much, uh, the original production company that made the shows was called Objective Productions. Yes. And um, over the years, they bought practically every video tr- DVD training set that I've released and a number <laughs> of things that I've created have actually been used um, in objective productions television. Oh, I am not at all surprised by that, Jonathan. But And I like the guy, you know, I, I, he sends me tickets the same as you would, I would you if we were going to the show for really enjoy it, you know. But he is a little bit always, you know, got to emphasise that, that, that there's, a, there's an answer to, to this. It could be this, it could be that. But sometimes there isn't an answer to things. He's performing, I suppose, I suppose what you could modern, modern mentalism, is it, I suppose? And yeah. that sort of. Yeah. You know. But I do think he falls down a little bit there where he closes on the door that, you know, like I've always said to you, my friend, and I've never forced it, I think you are a medium. And I'm not, I'm not saying that Darren is, I don't know him personally. We're getting closer to a large, thanks to the past year of lockdown. Well, <laughs> you know, it's a difficult, uh, it's a difficult time for all of us, isn't it, really? Uh, but, you know, it's funny. You just triggered off in my mind the fact, the fact that it's something that I, 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 I tell people when I'm training them in hypnosis is that. Our formative years are from birth. Well, Sigmund Freud, or Sigmund Freud, as more people know him by his name. Sigmund Freud said that the formative years of zero to seven are when we soak everything in from our environment yes, and upbringing, sure. and that affects us for life. Well, actually, I think it's probably more like zero to teenage years, and then we kind of freeze mentally in teenage mentality inside our heads, and the body just carries on growing. I agree because I mean, especially at your teenage age, <laughs> we start to get a lot of interest in a lot of other things, my friend, mm-hmm. don't we? You know, and and our mind closes down to the imaginative states, probably that we look at far more, you know, certainly unconsciously than we even realise we do. But as I yeah. say, I think teenage. I think you're right. Because teenagers, the natural drives of being a teenager, we start to fantasise and visualise lots of other sort of things, you know. But in different ways, whereas when we were much younger, some might say it's fantasy in our imagination, or is it just a different, we're in a different mental state and a different energy state and form. Yeah. When we're young, we, a lot of children had, imaginary friends that's what other people will call it but it can be very real indeed to the kids I, I at think that time is it is that is that actual kind of a, a form of spirit communication that people just grow out oh, of i think it society is. conditions them i think it is jonathan and i think that you know we probably come from different sorts of families where you know my mother wouldn't turn around to me and say you know what you're describing as seeing you know, I'm going to give you a clip around the year. Give me a clip around the year, Al. In those days, if I was naughty, I'll come from those times when mothers did. But she would never turn around and say that you're making that up or, you know, you're imagining things. Or, But so many mothers, particularly mothers, do 
and it, you know that can easily be trained out of you conscious and deeply sent into your unconscious that you'll never use it again can't it you know yeah and that's where i kind of give the jury still out you know relating back to stuff i said before because i just that i see the influence in hypnotherapy helping people that so many issues stem back to those formative years yeah things that affected them when they were younger that are still kind of there in their personal laptop computers you know their unconscious subconscious mind working in the background and because yes. those negative programs are still running from when they were young it doesn't matter how much they consciously try to stop smoking or endeavor to control their eating or or to not be scared of spiders anymore consciously yes. they can go that's daft i don't need to do it anymore um but they end up relapsing because they're still running a program in their unconscious mind. It's like, of course they are. And that's kind of what hypnotherapy is, a process to help kind of install, um, if you like, antivirus software into the person's personal laptop computer so that they can delete those negative files that are holding them back from doing what they want to do. And get everything moving much faster in the law. I like that. I shall use that one. <laughs> I like that. That's that's really good. That is. I'm going to ask you a question, Jonathan. And if mm-hmm. it's a pass, I will entirely understand. Okay. Would it be possible for us to ask you some of the famous people that you've hypnotized? I'll tell you the reason I ask you this. Mm-hmm. I think everybody knows. You know, they did the stuff for Elvis's family, and you know, I'm friends with Dina Martin and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But is it different in your field, or can you tell us some of the famous people that you've hypnotised? I can only tell you those people who've already themselves mentioned it in the media. Go on then. Or where it was involved in the media. So some of this was direct hypnosis, as what you would call hypnosis. Some of it was more what I call mind skills, because, for example, things like neurolinguistic programming, for example, don't require you to put anyone in a formal hypnotic induction process, but they can still help people overcome habits, addictions, fears and phobias. So yes. it's a combination of the lot. So in the past, I have been linked in the media to um you know, years ago, I was linked in British national media to people like Madonna, Cher. Um, I can tell you that football teams like well, Wigan Athletic, I mean, I'm going back quite a, a number of years now, but uh, literally the f- week after I'd hypnotised the majority of the members of Wigan Athletic Football Club, they ended up getting into the, I don't I don't follow football, so I'm assuming they got into the Premier League or the next yes, first division. Yes, a few years ago, yes, yes. whichever was the next level up that no one thought they were going to get into they got into after i'd hypnotized them and at the end when i walked them all up i was giving them positive suggestions that you know they play better and because it's been proven that mental rehearsal um through visualization and hypnosis can help people to become genuinely better at things because your imagination doesn't can't tell the difference between something that's imagined and something that's real so oh gosh yeah i mean i've worked with a lot of uh, what you probably know years ago where uh, come from a boxing family and uh, mm-hmm. with some world champion boxers you know i mean i think it's pretty well known lennox lewis always used to uh, meditate and relax before his yeah. fights you know 
Um, that I think now I had a, a very interesting gentleman on the show a few weeks back. Well, can I there. just say, Philip, two of Sorry, the biggest so, yes. names? I did. I did get linked to USA Today is the biggest circulated newspaper in all of America. It's pretty much the only one that every state of America sells. Massive yes. readership, and. Um, I can't remember the year now. It's going back quite a few years, but when the world-famous actors Robert De Niro and Billy Crystal released their film Analyze That, yeah. I was the only British um, hypnotherapist to be featured um, taking part in a therapeutic um, experiment encounter with uh, Billy Crystal and Robert De Niro in USA Today. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And I mean, a lot of people don't realise, you know, I suppose the American media, you know, that drives the world. I remember um, when we first went to, out to, the, to New York and I was on Uplight Show with Joe Franklin, you know, and that uh-huh. was state. Yeah, yeah, that was state yeah. to state. And, um, you know, the next day you walk out and everybody recognises you in the stars. It's different over here, you know, well, to some extent. But that's fantastic and shows the wonderful levels that you've reached uh, in your career. Right, uh, I've got a few more things that I would like to ask you about. Um, I always say it's an half an hour interview, but you know it never will be, so uh, I know. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> we chat down, we, we chat, and, uh, and I think that's nice. I'm going to come on to something that I've been a little bit surprised about in oh. more recent times, because you sort of say hypnotism isn't real and that's really shook me to me but to be quite honest coming from jonathan royal what what's this all about well it's well it's truth and definition um some some people would say it's just an opinion but um my experience but doesn't that damage your career jonathan no no because here's the thing although hypnosis in the way most people perceive it to be doesn't exist Okay, there is no special hypnotic trance state, is what I mean by that. However, this doesn't damage things because the truth of the matter, when understood, makes things better for the listeners, um, um, for anyone who um, was thinking about using hypnosis, because once they understand what it actually is, it, it becomes more logical why it works, and that is this. We are constantly... I hate to use the word hypnotise because that implies hypnosis exists, but we're constantly in what is actually hypnosis. We're constantly in a different belief state, a different perceptional state. So when we're eating a meal, we're in the eating perception state, for example. And then when we um, go to work, we're in the we're at work perception state. When we're with our friends at the pub, we're with in the, with our friends at the pub perception state. There's different facets of us, but it's still us. We just we naturally react and feel differently in different situations with different triggers, different environments. But all of that is completely natural. Okay. Um, it's just a belief system. All the hip, so-called hypnosis. I've got to use the word so people know what I'm talking about, because uh, that's what it's called. But people think it's putting somebody in some zombie-like state and the hypnotist having control of them. Well, it's not like that. It's about it's ultimately about the hypnotist having the knowledge, ability and skills to be able to 
with positive intent to help people manipulate that person's um, emotions, thoughts, perceptions and beliefs in a direction that will make them then in the future able to do something they want to do that up to that point they were having problems achieving or enable them to stop doing something you know like a habit addiction or fear that was holding them back so they can move forward more freely in life so it is about emotional manipulation but a hypnotherapist does that with positive intent just like a spiritual healer would and, and, yes. and in both yes. in both and i'm not saying that spiritual healing doesn't work through um you know a, a divine power it may well do but what i will say is whether it's spiritual healing hypnotherapy even conventional medicine there is a definitely a large area of it the the conclusion when it happens successfully occurs because of the placebo effect yes and the placebo effect can be even more powerful when you positively manipulate people's thoughts feelings emotions and beliefs and that's really what a hypnotist is someone that manipulates people's thoughts feelings emotions and beliefs well i'm glad you've explained that because it's a fantastic tag that i'm sure gets lots of people to come and read about your work and you make that statement and i know for a fact that you are you are the best mate you are honestly i'm going to say that on the record i don't care (coughs) well you are the downside is low from what i've just said that just like a hammer can be used positively to put nails in the wall it could be used by those with nefarious intent to kill somebody by hitting them on the head with the hammer yeah and manipulating people's beliefs emotions energies thoughts and perceptions can be used by those with nefarious intent and it's going to be quite controversial this but i'm going to say it is regularly used in that nefarious manner by politicians some religions certainly by cults um by governments around the world to control people for their own ends i'm sure you're right i'm sure that's a fair comment i'm not going to say whether i well i'll i'll leave you to make that comment but i think it's a fair comment uh, one other thing i would ask you about and <clears throat> perhaps not so much these days but I remember, I don't know, 20 years ago when you used to go to seaside resorts, you know, and yeah. you'd see these pretty young girls dancing about in their bra and pants, or you'd, you'd see the guy get up in there and doing Elvis and, and all that sort of stuff. Run about during the stage hypnosis show here, listeners. In the stage hypnosis yeah. show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is it real? Is it real? It's as real as the people want it to be. You know, I my honest my honest comment is this. I do not believe any stage hypnotist has ever hypnotized anybody ever. But by the same token, I don't believe that any hypnotherapist has ever hypnotized anyone ever. What they have done that is genuine is manipulated that person's thoughts, feelings, beliefs and perceptions to create an environment where the outcome that was desired um, is acceptable, feels safe, and is desirable to the person to do. So in you therapy, put it that's so well. You, you know, in therapy, so that's well. then getting all over the issue and not being scared by spiders anymore. But <laughs> on a stage show, it can be that you know what? I volunteer, I relax, I let my imagination run my wild. Uh, I allow myself to believe that I've become the world's greatest Elvis impersonator or whatever. <laughs> and it really doesn't matter because afterwards, if anyone's trying to laugh at me or take the mickey out of me, 
deep down, I know in my unconscious mind that I protected from ridicule. I can turn around and say, I couldn't stop myself. The hypnotist made me do it. So there's no self-blame, shame, guilt or regret on the part of the participants because the hypnotist made them do it. So it gives them permission to let their hair down and have their 15 minutes of fame and kind of revert back to their inner child that can let their imagination run free. Well, there you go, listeners. <clears throat> you couldn't have had it more planner than that. I, you know, I love this guy because he's so forward, honest and straight about everything that he does. This is Jonathan Royal, um, well famous practitioner and teacher of hypnotherapy, NLP, stage hypnosis, mind control, I suppose, lots of other things. But where can we get it? No, I know we have um, a, a strap advertisement on uh, Pulse Talk Radio for you. But yeah. Uh, and we sell that and certainly gets played on most of my shows and many others. But uh, people are going to want to know, you know, where they can get in touch with you, uh, Jonathan. So I'm sure there's several places, but could you just give us one, the most? Uh, there's one main portal where they can get a whole bunch of free stuff. So there's uh, a website, magicalguru.com, which is M A G. I-C-A-L-G-U-R-U.com. And on there, there's a page that says free stuff where you can get uh, copies of my books for free in PDF format. You can get complete video training sets for free. Um, there's a section on there you can click on that says hypnotherapy. But rather than trying to convince you to spend money on going seeing a therapist, whether that's me or anyone else, there is a free virtual interactive therapy session on there that you can use that for the vast majority of habits addiction fears and phobias will help you change your life for the better and it won't cost you a single penny can't argue with that can you that's absolutely fantastic one last question then before i let you go i know okay. i know you're not a fortune teller i know you're not a, well mm-hmm. you, say, you say you're not a medium and so i think you are but there you go we will we will get past these terrible times that that we're in uh, mm. hopefully sooner rather than later but when are we going to see you back up on stage have the agents booking you yet or is that something that you can't give us any idea of there are agents that are starting to book stage hypnotists again ready for when the total no restrictions on indoor entertainment comes in yeah. which is only a matter of a couple of months away now properly we hope we hope. How, well, hopefully, as long as things go to the plan that was mentioned. Um, however, um, personally, I am not accepting live performance um, bookings until sort of towards the Christmas season starting, kind of um, end of September onwards. Oh, I think you might be right. People and there's are, a reason I've... for that. I think we will be more back to normal, but you know what's going to take longer for people to get back to normal? In, in June, June, there comes a date where all social distancing rules are removed and we can go and finally hug people and shake them by the hands and all this kind of stuff. Fantastic. Yes. That's going to be yes. great for people's mental health. But it's going to take a while for people to start to feel that's normal again. And Thank a stage right. hypnotist getting volunteers up on stage, I think it's going to take a few months for people to get back to a state of mind where that's normal, to feel relaxed enough to volunteer to go and get up on stage uh, and let their hair down enough 
to have a really good show, which is why I think I, I yeah, I will accept bookings, but not until the end of September. I think that's fair comment. I've been saying the same things as well. People have asked me about doing things in, you know, some of the clubs and theatres, but uh, I think September is is more the better time to go for it. Well, Jonathan Royal, thank you so much for joining you, me Philip. on the, the paranormal world of Philip Solomon. You've, I think you've been on the three different radio shows that I've worked on half of the years, the BBC, uh, <coughs> the one in Wolverhampton, and yes. the present wonderful Pulse Talk Radio. I've always found you very open and a uh, fascinating interview that I know all the listeners have absolutely enjoyed. And Thank just about the shoe on the other foot, so to speak, if the listeners, when they go to my website, magicalguru.com, they'll see a thing that says Hypnosis Week. If they click on there, I've interviewed some of the leading uh, experts in hypnotherapy, stage hypnosis, body language, and the psychic and paranormal fields, including yours truly, your radio host, Mr. Philip Solomon. <laughs> thank you so much Jonathan and uh, we will speak again very shortly I'm sure when perhaps we get out of these things and get moving forward to these bad times you know we can uh, get you in again and uh, have another chat yeah, thank you very much for thank you, you. take care everybody thank you mate <laughs>